And a very good morning to you everyone, it's Oliver Callan here until 10 o'clock in the usual place. It is a Friday now, it's the 28th of July, the last Friday in July indeed, as we wind down a thoroughly miserable month, stingy with its sunshine, generous with its moisture and other reasons too. But you can chat to us as ever, the text is 51551 and from the north, text studio and then your message to 80889, the back pages of all the newspapers, of course, are looking ahead to the All-Ireland um, final this Sunday. It is Dublin Kerry, just like old times, as they say. And uh, interesting thing there, the Irish Daily Mirror I'm looking at, um, Pat Nolan writing about Desi Farrell. He's the Dublin manager and he's hailing James McCarthy as possibly and probably the greatest Dublin player of all time. He says he's special, he's low maintenance and he's uh, like a lion every day he goes to play. So that's the kind of story on him and... Um, I know GA people love a good, a good stat. Uh, so James McCarthy would be among three players if Dublin win to uh, land, well, their ninth, their ninth All Ireland medal. So James McCarthy, Stephen Cluxton, Michael Fitzsimons—they're all bidding to. Uh, it would really upset Pat Spillane and Kerry down there because he's obviously on, on eight All Irelands. There are twelve players on eight All Irelands, but Pat Spillane usually gets to the top of that because of his. Um, Nine All-Stars. So the, the stats are out there and there's um, lots of things about, well, Dublin getting the better in Kerry in recent All-Ireland finals. And um, that's what that's what kind of it's expected. It's evenly matched, isn't it? It's evenly matched. Uh, Dublin Kerry uh, in Croke Park. It'll be a full house as well. Rena Buckley, of course, of Cork, has 18 All-Irelands. So they won't catch her. She's 11 in football, seven in Camogie, of Cork, of course, needless to say. And she's also joined by Henry Shefflin for a record 11 All-Stars. So the likes of Stephen Cluxton, who was six, they, they, they'd have a bit of work to go. They'd have a, a bit of work. But of course, if he's made it to the final and he's made his return quite spectacularly, um, I'm sure he'd be, he'd be odds on, wouldn't he, for the seven All Ireland? But you never know. In the final, you see, can change the whole lot. I'll be there in Croke Park on Sunday afternoon. So looking forward to that. Looking here at Cork B.O., and Amanda Delock is a Kerry woman, but she's the general manager of Route 14 Bar and Restaurant in Cork City, in Toker, to be precise. And she's done something very daring. She's kitted out the whole pub in Kerry colours in the middle of Cork City. And uh, she's declaring it the official Kerry Supporters Club for the final in Cork City. So uh, even though the pub Route 14 is actually owned by Cork people, it's a daring move. Uh, rubbing, rubbing into old sores there. Um, of course, all the coverage, live coverage on RTE, but it's also on BBC. It's on BBC Two Northern Ireland um, all the time anyway. But uh, it's di different this year because the hurling final was the first time ever that an All-Ireland final was shown across Britain on the BBC iPlayer. And they're doing the same thing for this weekend's uh, half past three throw in for the All-Ireland Senior Football Championship final with uh, Mickey Hart, Oshin McConville, and Michael Murphy doing the punditry odds there. So it's an interesting one. And it's the it's a part of their five-year deal, the GA's five-year deal uh, with the BBC so that the uh, diaspora, as we like to call them, can watch the match live on the BBC iPlayer and, um, it, uh, and bring it to the Britons over there, bringing this much-needed injection of culture to them. So that's good news there. Oh, it's going to be it's going to be a close one. But what, is there anything in it for the neutrals? I, I know when Dublin Kerry were the pairing, you're kind of thinking, oh, I'm not... Hugely excited, but I'm getting excited now. I must say, I'm starting to get excited after her days do the kind of build up there. Do you know, you 
you get a bit excited. What? Are we on? Yes, we are. Okay. So enjoy that. Up the dubs, up the kingdom. Everyone's covered. Now, I want to pick out just one Sinead O'Connor story from the papers this morning. And I think you'll find it interesting because it is one of the most read New York Times articles overnight. And it's about the tiny Wicklow village uh, where Sinead O'Connor spent her, her last years in Ireland. Um, she'd bought a modest country house in Nockanana, which is near, it's, it's West Wicklow, it's near Hackettstown over the county border in Carlow. And it's an interesting story because this is one of the most read things the New York Times in America at the moment squeezed rather incongruously between uh, all the articles about the new charges on Trump, the health disasters of the Republican Senate leader Mitch McConnell. And I like to think it would give her a wry smile. Two figures she would have absolutely no time for whatsoever. But it's a fascinating uh, wee story because it talks to the neighbours in Nakanana who, for good reason, don't want to kind of identify themselves too much. There's a lady called Jude who struck up a friendship with Sinead and she doesn't want to, it says here, use her last name over privacy concerns. And she remembers arriving at the door of Sinead O'Connor's new home with scones when the new neighbour arrived up the road in early 2020. And the New York Times sat down to discuss her memoirs with her and she was discussing her home place, uh, which wasn't being revealed at the time for obvious reasons. And the quote from Sinead is, uh, down the mountain, as I call it, no one, nobody can forget about Sinead O'Connor, is what she's saying in her own words, 2021. In the village, nobody cared, which was beautiful for me. And they're talking about the friendship they struck out and Jude is saying, I hope she found her happy. Do you know, her happy was here says Jude, who became close with her because that's all she ever wanted to be, just uh, what other people take for granted. And so she didn't want to share her name. And for all her fame, Nakanana's newest resident was content with a simple life. She watched crime thrillers on Netflix on a television the size of the wall. She knit, fed horses and smoked a lot, as it says Riley here. And Sinead's late son Shane was a frequent visitor to Nakanana and she would often fry him up a breakfast on the weekend. All she just wanted was not to be lonely, said Jude. That's all. And her time here, it was, I suppose, one of a very fulfilling time for her because she was just a mammy here. And those who, who think they know her well, you know, did they know how many sugars she took in her tea? Too many, said Jude with a laugh. And she drank it out of a big tin cup because Sinead thought it kept it hot longer. And she finishes up by saying, I hope that the light that she had here is shining somewhere where there's unconditional love. This world wasn't big enough for her light to be cherished and I don't think we understood her enough. And she put it absolutely, like you can't put it more beautifully than that. And just a reminder that RT will be paying tribute to Sinead across all the platforms over the weekend. Uh, the Live at Vicar, Sinead O'Connor Live at Vicar Street will be on RTE 1 and then the RT player. It's quarter past 11 tomorrow night. That is well worth uh, watching. And it's an hour-long special. It was recorded live in Vicar Street in 2002 with the performances, Molly Malone, My Lag and Love, Nothing Compares to You, uh, Fire and Babylon. All the hits are in there as well. And on the player, you can catch the full episode originally broadcast in 2009 of her interview with The Meaning of Life with the late Gabor. And you can see the two of them uh, both very special to each other in their lives, of course. And uh, the Tommy Tiernan Show interview, which was done just in 2020, that's also on the player. And uh, there are archives as well, archive performances on radio. So you can find that across rte.ie. You'll find all the information on those tribute shows. 
now in to keep on the tradition of Irish music to making waves around the world. Irish folk act Lancome. They have been announced among the 12 strong shortlist for the Mercury Prize for Album of the Year. This is a big, prestigious prize. And uh, their shortlist of their fourth album, False Lancome, is the first time they've been nominated for this uh, amazing award. It, it, it features music from, or it covers the best album, basically, from the UK and Ireland. Uh, so that, that's, a, that's a lovely thing to be happening there. They're up against the Arctic Monkeys, are the best-known name in that Mercury Prize nomination uh, list. So we're going to find out soon who the, um, the 2023 Album of the Year are. That's a much-anticipated uh, prize on its way. Now, Jack Gleeson, we remember Jack Gleeson, who was absolutely outstanding and amazing, uh, playing the wretched King Joffrey in Game of Thrones, the boy king and the blonde head of them and featured in a couple of series of that. Possibly one of the great stars, actually, of that whole show and one of the great characters. And he famously retired from acting as a young fella. He was in Trinity College and he said, I don't want any more of this. And that's the end. And we hadn't heard very much from him. He said he wanted to be an academic, maybe a philosophy lecturer. But he's back. He's back um, as an actor. He's out of retirement. And he is in the BBC series, which we mentioned only a couple of weeks ago here, that the famous five is being revived by BBC. And there's a picture of him and it's slightly kind of a 70s villain look about him. So he's not one of the famous five, probably considered too old for that at this stage. And uh, he's Corkborn, it says here in entertainment.ie. It's pretty Dublin, though, but the last time we met him. But anyway, he's born in Cork. That's all they care about down there. Uh, so he's playing a, a Wentworth. We don't know. The pictures have been released, but not much information has been given. And um, so he's back. The Famous Five. The series will air on BBC later on this year. So Jack Gleeson is back. He's going to do good things if he continues on with that, because he's an outstanding actor. He was in his youth and all that stuff that he would have learned, you can imagine. Uh, now, this is an interesting story. This is um, going back to February 1997. You had a cargo ship, right? It was coming out of Holland, heading to the US. It was hit by a freak storm just off the coast of Cornwall in the south of England. And 62 crates crashed into the ocean. But one of the crates contained nearly 5 million pieces of Lego destined to be a parts of various brick sets. And the Lego collector's ears start to pick up now. So they're coming from Denmark. And as you would... As chance would have it, much of the pieces of Lego were actually sea-themed. They were nautical in, in collection. And uh, some of the, only a fraction of the items in the crate were ever recovered, but they're still washing ashore to this day, all these years later. Not just in southern England, they showed up in Ireland, Irish beaches in Belgium, in the Scilly Isles, the Channel Islands, and even as far away as Australia and the US. There's a woman called Tracy Williams. She moved to Cornwall 13 years after the storm, after the cargo ship was wrecked. And uh, she was a seasoned beachcomber, so she started finding a piece of Lego. And she basically turned it into a whole thing for herself. She set up a Facebook page, which is how we know pieces of these Lego showed up all these all around the world. And word spread, and she started documenting the piece of Lego. She's now known as the Lego Lady in Cornwall's fishing villages. And she meets trawlers as they come in, and sure enough, they find bits of Lego miniatures in their nets every single week. And there's a whole thing about uh, what they can find, uh, little uh, Lego divers, divers flippers, uh, scuba tanks, things like that, um, life jackets, pieces of ships rigging in Lego form being found in the nets. Uh, and then there are coveted things like Lego octopus. She found um, a Lego octopus years and years ago and then she didn't find another one for 18 years, she says. And so she's looking for the precious Lego octopuses, which are black, very different, difficult to spot. There's also 51,000 sharks, none of which have ever been reported as found in the Lego crate. I'm, I've gone deep dive, if you pardon the expression, into this Lego story. So uh, as you'd expect, she's working with an independent film crew now 
and she's interested in finding out whether the container itself still exists. She's saying there's Lego pieces down there. 50,000 sharks. Are they still trapped? Can we save the Lego? And, uh, you know, the, the, the microplastics and all of that. We know they're terrible. No need to tell us about them anymore. Uh, but if those plastics happen to be Lego, suddenly this pollution sounds much more fun and perhaps romantic than we initially thought. Maybe if we told people that the beaches could be full of Lego, you'll suddenly have volunteers rushing and uh, combing the beaches to, to clean them up for months. That's, that's it. 51551, by the way, is our text this morning. Sarah Jessica, Jessica Parker of Sex and the City. Um, we know her well over here because herself and her husband, Matthew Broderick, or Broderick, uh, they live in New York City, but they have a holiday home in Donegal. So she's been obviously just back from another trip and she's been uploading Instagram with lots of nods to Ireland and she's been giving shout outs to Irish food and fashion in her latest, latest social media posting. Uh, so among the pictures uh, was of the perfect Irish York cabbage and a chunk of cheddar, bacon pickles and other glimpses inside her fridge. And she also referenced buttering new spuds. Um, very, well, she's really been dunny-gollified and drinking tea and making us all crave uh, just being wrapped up. Uh, so she posts a series also of stunning shots of the Donegal landscape from traditional stone walls that lace up and down the county to green fields, looking out over the shimmering oceans. She's had a nice time in Donegal. And uh, she's even given a shout out to local Donegal business, Doherty's Fishing Tackle in Donegal. So fair play to you, Sarah Jessica Parker. She's one of her own now. She's one of her own. Now, I don't know how I managed to do this. I accidentally put a, a dog story straight after Sarah Jessica Parker. That is obviously my internal sexism, isn't it? But it's a good news story for owners of uh, cockapoos. Is that what Yeah, cockapoos, that's how you say it. Uh, because data from Britain's Royal Veterinary College shows the hybrid of the cocker, spaniel and poodle is now the second most popular puppy breed behind the French bulldog, which is very posh and very expensive and uh, I presume um, involved in all sorts of bad news stories around dogs if they're, 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 they're wanted. But anyway, they have shot up the charts. The cockapoo, I know because my in-law's family dog is the cockapoo. It is the neediest, wimpiest, slobberiest, irritating canine fool of an animal I've ever come across. And I'm a dog lover. I'm, you know, we've had collies and Labradors up home in the farm. Uh, dogs aren't supposed to be indoors, is my, is my feeling. You know, it depends on the size, I suppose. But um, they're a slobbery thing. So uh, what is Ireland's most popular breed of dog? The cockapoo is definitely up there. I'm seeing a lot of those, aren't there? And, um, you know, dog stories. You know yourself. Oh, Barbie stories. They're <laughs> then this Barbie story deserves a bit of attention. I know we promised we wouldn't go there again because it's only been a week. Uh, but they have discovered, this is a cross, this is everywhere now, this story. They've discovered that Ken has a full name. And I wonder, is there an Irish connection? Ken's full name is actually Kenneth Sean Carson. And the doll was formally created in 1961 following complaints to Mattel that Barbie was a single woman. So although Barbie and Ken are sort of seen as an item, the pair are actually named after siblings in real life. So um, the iconic doll is named, um, this is, uh, what's her name? Uh, Ruth Handler, the creator of Barbie. So she named Barbie after her daughter, Barbara. And um, Kenneth, uh, Kenneth, uh, oh, so, so Kenneth is the sibling. So there you go. So Kenneth Sean Carson. Maybe there, maybe Ken with the Sean in the middle has of Irish heritage. You know, we'll find some way of attaching Barbie to Irishness. There's no doubt. And there'll be certificates of heritage to bait the band. Now, you might have been watching the US Senate hearings about totally unimportant things. They have unidentified flying object sightings from former members of the military have been giving their testimony to a US Senate and they're saying look at their unidentified flying objects we always call UFOs are kind of alien spacecraft but actually just unidentified they don't know what they are what the lights might be and so on so Professor Brian Cox 
the world-renowned physicist and broadcaster has gone into the US Senate hearings and said, look, at, um, the, these are extraordinary claims about the existence of aliens, but they're not backed up by extraordinary evidence. So he's burst that bubble. But who cares about aliens, I tell you, when we have superhero worms? Right, these are real-life things that exist on our planet, which you should be, continue to be fascinated about. Don't mind what's out there. Tiny nematodes, or nematodes, are worms, and they're able to wriggle back to life after epochs in the Siberian permafrost. So a female microscopic roundworm that basically spent 46,000 years in suspended animation deep in the Siberian permafrost was revived and has started having babies in a lab dish in America. Okay, And I love the fact they're calling this the Rip Van Winkle roundworm because obviously it's, it's, it went to sleep in the Siberian soil long before the pyramids were built and before the hanging gardens of Babylon were sown. And um, when they, the, the worm has now awakened and is probably going to take us all on, let's face it. Uh, so it's a fascinating story. They, they, um, the, the worm has been awoken. Obviously climate change is related here because they wouldn't have found the worms if they hadn't been able to go down and see the frost melting and 46,000 years of, of ice being wiped away. But I'm just, I'm, I'm up for the worms. But for the worms, nematodes, yes. But the Rip Van Winkle roundworm, that's all you need to tell your friends this evening over dinner when you're showing. Honestly, Susan, subpoena grease, you're lovely. Did you hear about the roundworm that's opened up? Yeah, I think they used Lego or something. I wasn't really listening to the, to the news. Uh, if you're a hat-wearing person, no, I'm not sure about hats. So long as they're outdoors and not indoors, I'm okay with hats. But you know that Killian Murphy obviously popularised the flat cap among young fellas, particularly ones going to the races, I've noticed. Down around Leopardstown, you'll see flat caps and tweedy outfits and uh, from the Peaky Blinders is what I mean. Well, obviously, his new turn in Oppenheimer has apparently led to a surge in sales on fedoras. So you can now sport a fedora um, because John Lewis has recorded 21% more fedoras than, uh, is now selling 21% more fedoras than flat caps. Um, and other hat specialists, specialist hatters, are seeing increasing demand from the younger demographic because everyone wants to kind of... Um, Oppenheimer's a bit of a rock star. Killian Murphy has obviously done the cool style thing already. So fedoras, will they catch on? I, it's a bit of a big ask. I, I can't see it happening now because they blow away. Whereas a flat cap, uh, popular in Ireland because it doesn't blow away in the wind, I presume. I'm making this up now as I speak. 51551, that's our text number, text studio, then your message from the north to 80889. It's 20 past nine. We have a great story from Cork actually this morning about a music shop that has, uh, was running for nearly a century and it's back, back in action this morning. But we'll start with some lovely music. From the, the Scissor Sisters, yes indeed. Music from the noughties to get you bopping. This is your exercise for the day. Good morning all. I love it Scissor Sisters and uh, Take Your Mama Out of course it's a great song thank you says Helen well thank you Helen we had a great discussion this morning I can't take any credit uh, for choosing it but when I heard the suggestion I said yes that's for us uh, my friends and I 51551 that's the text my friends and I used to play Famous Five back in the 1980s we even named our, tug, our dog Timmy 
We once found a shopping list with blood on it. It was to be our case for that summer holidays. In hindsight, it was probably just paint, says Eric, who was also Julian on the day. You were Julian, OK? And I've seen the picture of the cast this morning. They've kept Julian very much in the uh, in the 70s, 80s series, whenever that the original one came out. About the uh, the worms that woke up after 48, uh, 46,000 years. Rip Van Riggle is a better name for those worms. Thank you, Bob. You're really, really thinking hard on those ones this morning and I appreciate it. I, re- I do actually genuinely uh, love that one. I didn't mean to slag it. Uh, good morning. Cockapoo dogs are very intelligent. That is common knowledge, so please don't denigrate them all with such a sweeping statement, says Esther, who has typed in, I think it's seven exclamation marks. Very angry. Esther, I must apologise, but I actually was only talking about one specific uh, cockapoo uh, creature. Um, one specific animal called Leo in the, the in-law family dog so um, who shows me unconditional love no matter how little affection that I show him in return okay he, they must have got a dud but uh, that's all I'll say and uh, this is going back to the Ken's full name Kenneth Sean Carson surely it's obvious Oliver before his transformation to Ken on a J1 in Malibu Kenneth Sean Carson was clearly an Ulsterman I hadn't spotted that one actually yeah but we leave the speculation at that says Gareth in Dublin yes I hadn't I'd, I'd focused too much on the Sean I'd forgot the Carson but um, Edward Carson, by the way, a fascinating man um, if, uh, for the history buffs out there. For another day, I'm sure. 51551, that's the text. We're going to go down to Cork and we're going to hear about this amazing story of a famous, famous music shop that has risen up from a century's work. It is back in business after these. Now, some lovely, lovely messages. I'll try to get through as many as I can. My parents from Crowley's 40 years ago to buy me a banjo Well, when they met the legendary Pecker Dunn, who happened to be in there. He helped them choose a banjo for me. It's a perfect today as it was back then. I still play it. Fabulous shop. I wish that lovely family continued success. And there's this endless stories coming in. I'm 53. I remember getting my first guitar in Crowley's 1980. My mam could ill afford a guitar, but our primary school teacher, Miss Garvey, offered free lessons and directed us to Crowley's to get a guitar. Always a warm welcome and support for even the most inexperienced of musicians. I got my son's first and second guitar there too. Delighted to hear about the new shop. We'll definitely be supporting Crowley's. Well, it's on uh, Friar Street, so off you go there. And the best of luck to Sheena from Gina and the Champions. Michael was a true gentleman. Delighted to hear that it's reopening. Well, we'll take some music now with another Friday, Friday pop. Irresistible, isn't it? The Macaba obviously is the name of the song, and Jane is the artist, and um, uh, it's the story of Miriam Macaba. So the song, so she, she she's uh, her stage name is Jane, and she's called the song Macaba. But that song actually came from 2015, and it has become a resurface as a massive hit on Instagram Reels and TikTok, millions and millions of views, and um, it, it's kind of it's an incredible. It's the story of Miriam Macaba, and it's by a French singer, Jane. Social media sensation now. And I bet you had a chair dance to that. We did it here. 51551 uh, is, the, is the text. I used to love Crowley's. We're back there. Bought my 12th string from Sheena's dad in 1985 and it's still going strong. Delighted to hear, says Dave Wilkins. And uh, lots and lots of great memories. Always welcome there. Looking forward to seeing Sheen again in the Aladdin's Cave of Instruments, says Louis Lovett. You have a great name. I have a great name. You'll make it. Louis Lovett. And um, the, oh, there was a slagging about the cockpit. We'll come back to the we'll come back to that one in a minute. Good to hear the story. The life of a good local shop can give a community 
They are the souls of our cities and towns, says Elaine in Marino in Dublin 3. And someone else, uh, really happy news to hear that Crowley's of Cork is reopening. I spent many half, happy afternoons on my way home from school. I had my first set of drums from Crowley's and 25 years later, I am playing still. Sheena and all were always so kind and always about the music. Berbua, says Brian Walsh. Back after these. Now, I want to give a mention uh, quickly to this because we've got an email from Nikki who wanted to tell us about a new musical that's making its way across Ireland. Nikki's daughter, Misha, is part of a group called uh, They're Behind Prom Queen the Movement. But what we love about this is that the show is entirely run and created and looked after by teenagers. And so it was written by the Killarney student, Sinead Green, started this whole thing at just 11 years old and the musical has played to sell out crowds across the country, the Everyman in Cork. And uh, they have one more date left on the tour. It's tomorrow night in the Dunamays Art Centre in Leash which is a fantastic uh, centre actually uh, built in an old prison and um, it's, uh, you'll find all the info on the show how to get tickets check their Instagram page Prom Queen The Movement so support those teens doing good things uh, I also want to mention some Monaghan business while I'm at it there's going to be a ball on the Shirley Estate in Carrick Macross tomorrow night 7 o'clock they're raising funds for the local Lions Club there and it's in the hallowed storied surrounds of Loch Fee or Loch Fay House I can never remember which to say the Shirley Estate we know what. It's the big house outside Carrie Cross. Still in use, still a functioning estate. Uh, tickets are on sale in the town. I promise to give that shout out um, uh, because of my, for my former teacher, Miss McGrain, as I know her. So I'm a bit of a lick, as you know. But we all, we owe anyone who gave us a bit of encouragement a death, let's face it. Uh, what else are you saying here? Uh, poor old Leo on the text. This poor old Leo with the cockapoo. I hope he isn't tuning in this morning. I'm sure he feels very hurt by a rejection. Doesn't he have enough to cope with having an idiotic name like the cockapoo? You'd have to feel sorry for him, really, says Pat. Ah, uh, you would, in fairness. I'll, I promise I'll give him a bit of a hug uh, the next time I see him. And great to hear you mention the forthcoming All-Ireland on Sunday. While many of the lads, football and hurling, might have many, many All-Ireland medals, yeah, some of them, a lot, plenty of them have eight on that Dublin team, one still has to match the legendary Dublin Camogie player, the late Kay Mills, who won a record 15 senior All-Ireland medals with Dublin. She made her debut for Dublin in 1941 and owned the left-wing midfield position until her retirement in 1961. Wow, 20 years. So best of luck to go to teams on Sunday. Uh, I'll be there looking forward to the Camogie All-Ireland Finals, which is the week after on the 6th of August. Amora Iskoli. It's a Cork-Waterford affair. So good luck. Enjoy the All-Ireland. Dublin versus Kerry. That's it for this week. Back again on Monday. Philip Boucher-Hayes is next. Slongafol, have a lovely weekend.